Hello, family, and welcome to Kingwood Methodist. In John 4.23, Jesus states that a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. As we gather at church and open God's word, we are not just coming together for the sake of gathering, but also to learn the truth of God and how we can grow to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. As we continually surrender our lives to the Word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become the type of worshipers our Heavenly Father seeks. Let's dive in together. Well, as we uh, finish out our uh, our Advent season, uh, we are continuing in this series, uh, A Light in the Silence, and uh, leaning in today to what does it mean for us to be, to be that very light. Uh, Christ came and, and is the light of the world, and he calls us um, as the body of Christ to be the light of the world into the, into the world. Uh, but the typical uh, traditional text for this morning is one of the, the Magi, where the Magi come and they deliver these gifts to, uh, to Mary and to Joseph. Uh, the, the pictures all show it in the manger. Uh, spoiler alert, it was like maybe a couple years later. So um, they didn't actually get to them in the manger. Uh, Jesus was probably maybe even forming sentences at this point. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but there is no shortage of images of the, the magi at the manger. I think we have a few of those images here. Us guys, we're not, we're not so good at, at uh, planning these kind of, these kind of events. Um, I think we have another one. Uh, women, you're just better. You're just better at giving the right gifts. You know, you, know, you know what the right gift is. And finally, as a, as a, a family with a December child, um, December baby, we, uh, we get this. Um, <clears throat> so what is the right gift? Right, we, uh, we joke, you know, gold, fr- frankincense, and myrrh, not really uh, useful items for, for Mary on those first days, but uh, what is the right gift? As, uh, as we lean in as a church, um, as we look to scripture, what is, what is the right gift that we give back to, the, to the, the Messiah? We give back to God. As we bring our, our offering, as we bring our gift before God, what is the right gift? What is the gift that he desires, that he calls for in our lives? About a, a few weeks ago, a church member um, was kind of in prayer and fasting and um, God gave uh, her a vision um, to give to me. Um, and she wrote that down on the back of a card. Um, and I've, I've really cherished that, that vision that she gave um, and I've been really processing that. Uh, the, I'm not going to share all the words that were said in that, but um, I believe that it was a kind of a prophetic word for us as a, a congregation that I'm still processing through, so I don't want to uh, interpret all of it in this space here. But um, a passage that God gave me, um, speaking into this, what is the gift that we as a church, as a congregation, ought to be giving back to God? Um, he gave me this, this passage in Isaiah 58. Um, and so if you have your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to open up and, uh, and lean into Isaiah 58 today for our scripture before we um, invite Don um, to, uh, to share a little bit of his story. This is a, a passage uh, written 
from the, the prophet Isaiah, God is speaking into the prophet's life um, and, and calling, them, uh, calling the prophet to, um, to speak this to the Israelite people. Um, and Israelite people who uh, are, are devoted to the, the tasks of the temple, um, to the, the pious acts that, um, that are just the, the actions of their lives, um, the ways in which they draw near to God. And, uh, and God is, God is uh, calling for more than just their pious acts um, in this passage. He says this. Uh, this is uh, Isaiah 58, starting verse one. A shout it aloud and do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day, for day after day, they seek me out. They seem to be eager to know my ways as if they were not a nation that does, as if they were a nation that does what is right and not forsaken the commands of God. Hear that. Day after day, they seek him out. That's sometimes more than I can say about my own life. Um, that day after day, I seek God out. But they seek him, what seems like eager to know his ways as if they were a nation that does what is right. They seek after God, but they don't actually do what God tells them to do. We continue in verse, uh, uh, the second part of verse two. They ask me for just decisions and they seem eager for God to come near to them. And they ask, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and you exploit all of your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in, in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast that I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Hear these words. This is what God is calling the Israelite people to do to loose the chains of the injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food, to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor, the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of the oppressed, with pointing your finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden. 
like a spring whose waters never fail. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You see, in our passage, we have a a, a people who desire to bring a gift before God. They desire to bring, uh, they're they're seeking after God. They are, uh, they're desiring for God to come near to them. They are, uh, they're fasting before God. That's not even something that I do that often. They're bringing a gift before God. But God's like, you're missing the point. You're coming to me uh, and, and seeking me out, but you're not listening to the words that I say. It's not changing you at all. You desire for me to draw close, but you don't want to be transformed by me when I draw close. You desire to, to fast before, uh, to, to fast and, and to, to seek me in this fast, but you neglect your workers. No, the gift that I desire is not just your pious acts, not just uh, showing up to church on Sunday or or raising your hands in worship or even just your your offering. The the gift that I desire from you is your whole heart, your whole lives. Our our piety, our our holiness, our actions ought to also lead to uh, transformation of the world around us. If holiness is not tied to mission, then what is it for? When Jesus came, he preached out of the scroll of Isaiah to declare his purpose to the world. And he spoke these words out of Isaiah's scroll recorded in Luke chapter four, verse 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, evangelism, the message of Christ, to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to recover the sight of the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Friends, this is our gift, our whole selves before God. Not just our pious acts, not just our our, um, trite obedience, but to offer our whole selves, our whole heart. Uh, I'm gonna invite Don Reed up to, um, to share with us. Uh, the reason, um, as, as Don was coming uh, here for our MMO, I, I, as I was reading this passage, I was like, this is, this is Don, um, who, has, uh, who has leaned into, um, into what God has called him to. Um, I've... Uh, I invited Don here because uh, we got to work alongside him in Tanzania. Um, and he's such a, an aid and a support to the missionaries there. But more than that, um, he's, his life is a demonstration of, of giving all. Um, I know he's the real deal because uh, we, we had an opportunity for, um, uh, to see God bring a young man, um, Baraki, to Christ while we were there. Um, and as we left, it wasn't like, okay, you're saved, check, done, move on to the next. Um, Don took that young man under his wing um, and began to disciple him and began to, to, to walk alongside him and teach him scripture and teach him uh, the, the gospel and, um, and such a beautiful uh, an image of what it means to, um, to not just 
not just to give them water, but to give them living water. Um, and so uh, I'd love to, love to ha- have a, a conversation um, with Don around this. Uh, so Don, tell me a little bit about, um, about your story uh, and how that story kind of birthed um, Open Door Enterprises. Open Door Enterprises was birthed out of a mission trip that I took as a young man. Uh, me and my wife uh, had prayed. I went to Zaire, Africa at the time and uh, landed on a little dirt runway, a little B six-seater plane, and with a group of men that I did not know and never been out of the States before, didn't know the culture, the language. We landed there, and the very first night, we ate with the senior missionary, and uh, he asked a question. He said, is there anybody in the group that knows how to sharpen a drill bit? And I raised my hand. And that simple thing of sharpening a drill bit really started me on a journey. Mm. As we built their clinics and Bible schools and different things, God called us to get up under those who He has called and hold their hands up and help them get up and push up and fulfill what God has called them to do. Not all missionaries are mechanics. Not all missionaries can build buildings. Not all mis- Listen. <laughs> and so that's where it started. But, but really what happened was I went to a village to speak on a Sunday morning. And the senior missionary left me there with an interpreter out in the middle of nowhere, just a little dirt building. And uh, I spoke for about seven minutes. I thought I did really good. Seven minutes. It was from the beginning of the prayer to the text till it was over. Seven minutes. And uh, the pastor said to me, he said, uh, Mr. Reed really brought us a good starter, so we're going to sing a song and then we're going to have some more of the Word. And then I realized I'm in big trouble. (laughs) (laughs) But I made that day, and then at the end of the day, when it started getting dark, everybody was going home. The senior missionary hadn't returned, and I was there in this building all by myself. Just a dirt building, dirt floor. And uh, my wife had told me before I went to Africa don't come home and ask, can we go back to Africa and be missionaries? She, she told me that. I don't know why she told me that, but she told me that. She said, don't come and ask me to do that. And so while I was gone, two missionary ladies came and stayed with her. God is awesome. I'm telling you, God is awesome that those two ladies came and stayed in my, with my wife and talked about missions. Well, I was in that little church that afternoon, and I knew God had called me. And I just prayed. I said, God, you're going to have to speak to my wife. I'll do whatever you've called me to do. But when I got home to here to Houston, I got off the plane. She met me. I'd been gone five or six weeks. And she says, well, how was the trip? And I said, it was great. And she said, don't you want to go back? And I, and I said, what? <laughs> what? She's asking me if I want to go back. And then she told me the story right there. Yeah. How God has sent those two missionary ladies. And shortly after that, six months, we were back in Zaire, we formed a 501c3, and we started helping missionaries do what God called them to do. Build buildings, build Bible schools, build dispensaries, whatever it is to help them fulfill what God had called them to do. And that's how Open Door Enterprise started. Yeah. So obviously, uh, I mean, that's a, a, a crazy story of going from zero mission, missionary work to full-time in the field in Africa, right? Um, Obviously, there's, there's a, a backstory there that kind of led up to that, to that point that, 
that got you to the point where you could say, you could say yes. yes. Um, tell us tell, tell a little bit about it. I didn't have the best life growing up, dysfunctional family, and uh, an older couple took me in and raised me. Took me off the street, got me in their home, got me an education, but the most important thing they did was introduce me to God and to know God. They were in their late 60s to take somebody like me in and to raise me, but to see the love of God through their life, just to see how they loved God and they loved me, it changed my life. It changed. I didn't know back then. I never thought about being in a ministry or a missionary or anything. I was surviving, just surviving. And yet to see the love of God they gave to me and then to come to know Christ as my personal Savior changed my life mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it all started, Clint. Was yeah. Somebody showing me the love of God. The love that you needed in that moment. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. So I've seen, I've seen you... Uh, perpetuate that, that, same, um, that same heart uh, in your work in, in Africa. Um, but tell me, how did, the, how did you go from uh, sharpening a drill bit to full-time ministry? We talked about in Isaiah, uh, the, the real call was that the, uh, the plight of the people, the, the need was rec- is recognized mm-hmm. and that we take what we have and go and meet that. How, how, did you, how did the plight of the people in Africa turn your heart? and What did that do in your life? Well, the first thing is the poverty overwhelmed me. I never, even here in America, I'd seen poverty, but never like that. I had never seen poverty to that degree where everywhere you looked, there was poverty. Mm-hmm. And it really changed my life that I could really see that not only the poverty, but just where they were spiritually mm-hmm. in their lives. But what could I do? And if I told the earlier service, it's like eating an elephant. If you look at the big elephant and try to eat him, oh, it's going to get in your mouth and it's going to last a long time. But if it's only one bite at a time, just eat an elephant one bite at a time. You, you take the first step. Me and my wife, we took the first step. We, we committed. We prayed. We went. You know, we, we, we didn't look at the poverty, but we looked at God. And because we loved God, we loved people. Mm-hmm. And we did what we could do. Yeah. We, did, we did what we had with what we had. And we're still doing that here 30-something years later. Yeah. So we just got started by taking that first step of commitment. I commit to you, God, if this is where you've called me to do everything I can do. And that's, where we, that's how we got to where we are today. Yeah, amazing. One, one, of the, one of the things that struck me was your connectedness to other missionaries in, in Africa and, um, and how, how your work, the, God, the work that God called you to in drilling wells um, has, has really um, connected other missionaries. Speak, speak to your kind of partnership with other missionaries, so, what that looks like. You know... Um, when you're in a battle and you're in the trenches with people, you want to know which way they're shooting, right? <laughs> you know? And so in Zaire, when it first started, we went through two different wars there, by the way. And uh, mm. you just grew together in prayer across the board. It didn't, it didn't matter who you were there with. 
didn't matter denomination. Or, yeah, it yeah. didn't matter. When the bullets are flying, <laughs> it doesn't matter. And we, we were, the Belgian paratroopers came in and got us, and we got out and everything. But later on, uh, some doctors in Kigoma, Tanzania, contacted me, and they had a well drilling machine in a container, but nobody knew anything how to, how to run it or anything. So they asked me. And so I began the journey that I'm on today. I, I, I got the rig out. I began to work with it. I asked questions. There was no email back then. There was no text messages. There wasn't any of that. <laughs> YouTube? No phone, YouTube, or anything. <laughs> and so slowly I began to realize I needed better equipment. I, we came back home to America. We engineered a rig. We built it. We shipped it. Now we're on our third rig. Each time that we have done a rig, we, we've, we've learned by experience. Mm -hmm. And so every time I come home, I'm learning about drilling more and more, even to this yeah. day. So they asked me, and so that started us. But what it did, it opened up a broad door to all groups of missionaries. They began to come to me and say, can you help me drill a well at the hospital? Can you help me drill a well at the school? Can, can, you, you know, can you help me drill a well over here at the learning center, at the children's center, the feeding center? And if y'all know Lowell Wirtz, uh, he was my first guinea pig, by the way. Uh, it took me six months to get his first well, by the way. <laughs> and uh, now he has three or four wells. So the thing about that, Clint, and answering that question, it opened up so many doors in the missionary community, but also in the government. We found favor with the government mm -hmm. because of the water, clean water. It just opened up doors for us for favor. But the missionary committee just began to gather around us and pray with us and work with us and help us. And we began to help them. And now we just all work together. And that's how it came about. Yeah. It, one of the stories you, you told um, was about some remote villages that, that were um, either pagan religion or uh, kind of the tribal religion of the, of the, the time or the place. And um, you being able to, to drill a well opened up opportunities to share the gospel. How, how does a well open, open up opportunities to share the gospel and, and discipleship even? Well, the doctors have been going to this place called Nantoli. There wasn't a church there, any believers. And they did a medical clinic. And then they did a dental clinic. And they came to me and they said, the greatest need that we have is water. And so I began to pray and we began to look. And so we, we went to Nantoli and it was a hard to get to place. We finally got there, got the equipment there. We had to go through the chief of the village and a bunch of stuff. But when we drilled that well, that whole community changed. You know, that, that, they, they, they told me, for instance, I've never told you this, but they said they thought they were forgotten by the government. They thought that everybody had forgotten them hmm. until the doctor came along and began to show some interest in them. And so when we, when we drilled that well... I'm not going to call names, but there was one man that was head of the village. Every day he would come and he was mad that we were drilling that well there. And then when we got water, the day we got water, he was there helping us get the water. <laughs> he changed him. Just, I'm, I'm from mad to seeing water. And he changed his life, literally changed his life. And so it's helped that organization. They have about 30 believers now in that village and they're working as they go. Yeah. So if that helps you. Yeah. No, and I love that, that consistency that uh, the well opens the door for consistency for the doctors. That's right. 
credibility for the doctors who are there doing okay. discipleship ministry. And, uh, just beautiful how, how the drilling a well will open up so many doors for, right. for the mission. Um, so what's a, a word for us? Hearing that Isaiah text, um, knowing that we are a people that don't live in Africa, the, the need is not quite the same, mm-hmm. um, but, we, but knowing that that's the gift that we're called to give our, our whole selves in a way that, that lends itself towards mission and lends itself towards helping others in need. Um, what's a word that you would have for a, for a community like ours? Let me tell you, it's a great passage you chose in Isaiah. <laughs> First of Wouldn't all, we can, we can pray. Come on, all of us can pray. Mm-hmm. How young or how old were we can pray. Some of us can give, you can give, and some of us can go. That last one is the hardest. Mm-hmm. Praying, giving, and going. You know, sometimes uh, when I look back at where me and Sarah have been and, and what God has worked through us, not of our own, but God, God will take and use what you have, kind of like Moses with his staff. What do you got in your hand? Use it. If you can pray, pray. If you can give, give. And if you can go, go. Um, I'm going to pick on you for a moment, if I may. When Team Kingwood came this year, it was a tough time. And every morning we had a Bible study. And they were reading out of Psalms. They had chose, I don't know who chose Psalms, but they chose Psalms. And I so looked forward every morning getting up and going and sitting in there and listening to them talk about the Word of God. And I realized after they were gone, me and Sarah was doing that with missionaries and we didn't know it. When we, we go to visit a missionary, we would share the word of God and we would pray with them and we would say, we didn't know what we were encouraging them. And so that's what y'all did to me when y'all came. I had to miss one morning. Remember, I missed, I had to miss Bible study one morning. I had a meeting and that day was like all day. I was thinking, wow, man, what a bummer. I missed it. And so it really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. How much a difference you can make if you pray, if you give, or you go. If you, it doesn't, you don't have to be a preacher. Come on, you don't have to be a doctor. You have giftings that you can use, and God will use those. Yeah. You know, to yeah. encourage those, to help those. Even in your home where you are right now, here in America, there's all kinds of things. When you see the needy, come on, when you see the poor, they're all around us. You know, the Gibbons, when they saw me on the street, they could have just looked the other way. Mm-hmm. But the, you know what they did? They brought me a cup of coffee and a donut every Saturday morning. And they loved me, and they pretty soon developed a friendship with me, and then they invited me to come live with them. Then I had to make the choice. Mm. You know, they told me two things get an education, and we go to church. I said, For food, you got a deal. You got a deal. Yeah. Food, yes. House over your head? Yes. But that most important thing was my spiritual need. Mm-hmm. The love of God that they had overwhelmed me. And you have that. You have that. Just the yeah. love of God in you yeah. is enough. I'm sorry it took well, too long. No, and I think, I think for us, um, maybe, maybe, maybe we can't go. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The, our faithfulness and our obedience in, in doing the one thing that's in front of us. God can do immeasurably more through that. Amen. They didn't know that you would be reaching 
thousands in Africa because of that one cup of coffee. That's right. But they were faithful to give that one cup of coffee. Mm. And God is able to do immeasurably more with, the, with our faithfulness and our obedience than we can ever hope or imagine. Um, and that's a, a beautiful thing. Um, mm. you're, and, and even in your story, in your ability to say yes to God for one little thing has opened up doors that have taken you on this journey that's led you to where you are. Mm. Amen. I didn't even like coffee, but I like donuts. <laughs> Donut. I didn't like coffee yeah. until years later when I went to Africa. That's good. But I like donuts. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, one of the things I love, I love about you and I love about your story, um, in, uh, in sports, sports analogy, we have, uh, you have your, your superstars and then you have your Jags, uh, just a guy, um, a role player on the team, and, and, um, and you're, you're a Jag. Um, you are just a guy that said yes. Um, Amen. You're not, a, not, not somebody of, of great means that was able to, uh, to go far and do things, but you're able to say yes. yes. And God takes just a guy and does tremendous things through them when you're faithful. And so thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you. Thank no, you thank for you, your, Pastor. Your ministry. Um, I'd like to invite Sarah to come up and uh, I'd just love to pray over these two and pray over their ministry. Um, and, and I'll invite the band uh, to come forward as well. Would you just extend uh, a hand um, and, and commit to just praying for these together this morning. Father God, I, I lift up uh, Don and Sarah uh, and the beautiful uh, ways that they invest uh, in your kingdom. God, you've given them a, a, a niche role and um, it's a beautiful thing that they're able to support these missionaries through drilling wells. They're able to open doors uh, that weren't open before uh, through the gift of water. God, I, I pray that as, as we, we as a community are able to walk alongside them in, in this journey and, um, and support their ministry in, in ways that we can, we can give, let us give. In ways that we can go, let us go. In ways that we can um, serve the, the needy here in our community. God, let us, let us be faithful to say yes. Um, God, thank you for their testimony and thank you for their witness uh, and the ways that they have encouraged us as a community and congregation today uh, as we bring our gift before you, God, the gift of our heart. Um, willing and ready to say yes uh, in whatever you call us to. In your name we pray. Uh, and all God's people say, amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Appreciate you guys.